This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door, including my favourite, the Quarter Pounder with cheese. Mm. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with Delivery. so the only thing left to say is, are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app, and you can also get reward points delivered too, so that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello everybody and welcome to episode 30 of the Stacey West podcast. I'm Ben and as ever, Gary's with me. How are we? Dirty 30, Ben. Dirty 30. Absolutely. Right, it's exciting. it's it, it, it's almost creeping up to the point where the podcasts are, are getting past my age, which is uh, a sign that a podcast is doing fairly well, I think. so. Ten weeks to go for me, so that'll be, take us to the end of the season, won't it? Ooh, yeah, just about. Maybe um, the one that coincides with my age will be our title celebration podcast. I would love that. I would absolutely love that. But let's not get ahead of ourselves. Never too high. Yeah. Never too high and all that. Um, someone had so told yeah, me we'll, we'll, in my 20s. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, Ben, sorry, go on. I didn't mean to cut you yes, off. <laughs> uh, that's all right, and you're not implicating yourself in anything. Um, <laughs> what we'll do is we'll start, as ever, with the uh, the weekend's game, um, which was, of course, the, the, the... Well, it was a really good performance, wasn't it? The 2-0 win against Forest Green. Um, 2-1. Really, sorry, 2-1. Yes, it was 2-1. Why did I think 2-0? It was 2-1, yeah. Um 2-1 performance against Forest Green um, really started and I think it was a just generally really positive performance. Um, it, it mixed it up in the ways that I think Danny was maybe hinting at a little bit and, you know, Mark Cooper didn't want to give us any credit for anything as he never does because he's not a very nice person. Um but yeah, on the whole, um, made a trip down to, to Gloucestershire, uh, stayed the weekend with the in-laws and capped it off with a, a rousing victory. And um, I, I don't think there was anybody that really had a bad game. Uh, I think from, you know, from, from back to front, I think everybody just played really well. I think there's probably a couple of little defensive mishaps that you, you can sort of expect, but it didn't it didn't impact the game. It didn't lead to anything. Um, and I mean, well, Matt Jokes was just phenomenal when he, when he was called upon, I don't think they had that many shots on target, but when he did, he, he, he really did, um, sort of do his job properly. And he was just an excellent keeper. And I think it's, it summed up what you said last week. Um, and I, I don't think if we'd, uh, I think if we'd have had Grant Smith in goal on Saturday, we may not have come away with those three points. 
Uh, what about yourself? How do you how do you see Saturday? Yeah, it's. I mean, it was a massive, massive win. I'll, I'll be honest, Ben. I was cacking myself because um, I called it. To be fair, I think last week I did say this is the sort of game we're going to go and win. I explained why we were going to go and win it, and then we went and won it in exactly the way that I explained why. And that's not me blowing my own trumpet, um, although maybe I should. Um, but you know, I I thought we'd go there. I thought that we would play not to our strengths, but to their weaknesses. And I think that's mm. what we did. We know that Mark Cooper's teams like to play the ball from back to front and they like to use all the pitch and then whatever. Um, but we also know that they don't like to be pushed around and they don't like us to play direct football. And let's face it, we weren't entirely direct, but we played to our strengths, uh, which is their weakness. You know, get it in quick to Matt. I mean, John Akindi, you know, Danny, when we signed him, Danny said, you know, John's great because you can play up to him, you can play into him. And in conversations I've had with Danny, he said, you know, we wouldn't be able to play as counter-attacking when we go away because John John gives us that two-in-one. He gives us the green and the read in one, so we can pump the ball to him, he can control it, but if we get it over his head, he can turn and run onto it. And, you know, Matt Green mm. could only turn and run onto it, Reedy really could only hold it up. So that's why we, we've we effective, more effective away from home, pure and simple, because we've got John Akindi up front this year. Um, but he showed that that's not all his game's about. And when he's getting in those channels and he's doing the Matt Green role of last year, playing off Reedy, phew, I tell you something, you know, they were terrified and with every right because our runner mm. is, and I don't know whether he is, but he looks like a 16 stone boxer. Do you know what I mean? So the guy that's running, the guy that's doing the pacey stuff is a brute himself. And when the ball's yeah. landed on Reedy's head, he's a brute. Those two together. Brutish, and I've said the word brute now four times in thirty seconds, which which makes it more serious. Um, whether we do that at home or not, risky strategy because in front of nine thousand fans, um, I've seen debates on Twitter saying, you know, well, we need to win well. We haven't played like champions. Play with Reedy and um, John Akindi up front, and you're not going to play like champions every week. You know, you, you're going to look good against the teams that want to tippy-tappy. It's not going to look that pretty against the teams that want to sit two banks or four at the back. So I'm not saying it's the answer to everything. Um, but, all of, you know, what balls John has to step up and take a penalty as well. Um, and it was a penalty, yeah. finally given a penalty that we did, we deserved. Um, yeah, no, no, it was a fantastic win. I felt brilliant in, in the hours afterwards. I, I'd had a real shot in the arm. I mean, you know, regular listeners will know that I've been saying I can't enjoy it. That I get nervous during games. Been sort of talking up Barry's chances of overtaking us, and maybe I've been feeling the uh, the little bit of the doom and gloom. You know, when people are moaning on social media about draws and you're unbeaten since Boxing Day, but it still feels like you're bottom of the league when you talk to people. Um, mm. And that was just the shot in the arm. You know, that was the adrenaline. Now, you know, the scene on Pulp Fiction where the lass is dead <laughs> and they, they stab her in the heart. John Akindi's penalty was me being stabbed in the heart. I was just, literally, it was just like, yes, I've got a... So, yeah, brilliant, mate. Absolutely brilliant. The sort of win that in three years' time you'll look back on and go, do you remember that win at Forest Green? Classic example, you go back to the National League. Everyone remembers yeah. winning away at Forest Green. Away at Torquay, mm. if you didn't go there, it wasn't one of the seminal games, was it? You know, fantastic result, but this was this was a big one, real big one. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it was, I kind of said coming away from it that I actually think that was probably the most fun that I've had at a football match in quite a long time. Um, it was partly due to um, the, the sort of the crowd shenanigans and, and you know, sort of 
the banter, if you like, that we'd had with with uh, some of the, the Forest Green players. It was actually quite funny. Um, but on the whole, I think it was just, it was a really good day when you can, after you've gotten past that little blip where, you know, they, they went one up thanks to a, I mean, it was a, it was a horrible deflection um, that completely unseated jokes. And I don't think, he, well, he couldn't have done anything about it. It's as simple as that. But um, after that, we, we didn't look like we were going to, I never felt that we would, uh, you know, that we'd lose the game or that we'd we'd let think let anything slip. I think as soon as that goal went in, um, it, it felt like, and it, it was actually a phrase that Michael Horton used at the end of it and on the radio. He said, you know, this feels like the Lincoln City of old. This feels like the Lincoln City of early season. And I think he was absolutely right because he um, he, he summed it up in that you know we, we were fighting for everything, we were running after every ball, and I think having Harry Anderson back as well was just, was really good. I, I heard some people say that they didn't think he had the best of games, but honestly, he, he worked his arse off. He really did. Um, and, you know, Bruno out on the left as well. It just seems to me like everybody's slowly clicking into form at the right, uh, at the right point. And I'm not, I'm not just saying that as a hyperbole thing, because obviously, you know, we, we had a really dire performance on, uh, on Tuesday night, but with that performance behind us and that, you could see it in everybody's face at the end, you know, when they were coming over to the fans, like Danny and Nicky would just like, they were so happy that we'd got that win. And then you see the, the video of them, you know, kind of um, going up to, to John Akindi and, and giving him a you know, big hug and, and sort of patting him on the back. You think, right. Okay. Everyone's on board now. And we are, well, like we've said, buckle up, strap in, whatever you want to say, this is going to be a hell of a ride till the end of the season. So, um, I find it interesting there, actually, that we talk about this being the Lincoln City of old. And I find that an interesting point because I think, actually, that we've not changed. Hmm. The level of opposition has changed. The way that people come and set up against us has changed. The big wins early season were all away wins. You know, and you think about Macclesfield, I think, where we turned it around late on and um, big wins. And I, I just think... Not insulting. Insulting would be the right word, the wrong word, rather. Maybe derogatory to the efforts that we've put in through January and February. And, you know, many fans, and possibly me included to a degree, have looked at a series of home draws and gone, we're bottling it, or it's not good enough. Hmm. And in actual fact, it is good enough because we're two points clear with the game in hand still. And all the people that that two, three months, and I'm not, you, know, you can go back as far as three months, but go back as far nearly as four months. People coming away from Mansfield at home going, you've got to win your home games, otherwise you're never going to be top. And yet here we are with 11 games to go. Our rivals, closest rivals, have only got 10 games to go, and we're still top of the league. We're still matching everybody else game for game. So yeah, it was a, it was a win, and it was fantastic because it had the feel-good factor of some of those early season games. You came away thinking, yeah, we are the best here. And you you got that when we came away from Port Vale and when we came away from Swindon at home. But you don't win leagues simply by being the best mm. because Luton, in my opinion, were the best side last season. Okay, They had the best players. They had resounding wins. They scored seven, I think, on three occasions. They were a phenomenal side, but they didn't win the league the top of league one now, but they didn't. Accrington won it. And Accrington won it because they ground out results all the time. They had their dip and they fought back. 
and they were a good team. They were a good unit, and they didn't they didn't run away with it, Accrington. And okay, they, they've had a slightly different path as we have because we've been top all season. But in terms of the way that we play our game, the way that we have approached games, and the results that we've come away with, in actual fact, it, I think that we've been a good side all season. And I think sometimes the results haven't happened. The Exeter aside, you put the Exeter game aside. I buy, yeah, I buy that. You put Crew. That was the last game we lost. But were we really that bad against Cambridge when we drew at home and had a man sent off? Northampton when we drew at home and had a man sent off? Carlisle when we drew at home and the referee robbed us of two penalties? Mm. Perhaps not. Stevenage. We were only actually poor in the first, what, 20 minutes in the last five minutes. Other than that, we dominated that game. Should have walked it. So... I just, I just think it's an interesting, you know, the rhetoric is that it was more like the Lincoln of old. And I absolutely buy that. I, I, I understand why in terms of the way the makers feel. But I think it does a great disrespect to the management and the coaching staff to think that we've tailed off in some way where in actual fact we've been top since, I don't know, since before Brexit was ever in question, something <laughs> like that. Yeah, do you know what I mean? So, yeah. Anyway, that's that's just it was just a thought that came to me. Yeah, I, I get that. I think that the it, it was more the feel of it, like you say, um, the fact that it was it, it didn't feel like we ground it out on Saturday. It felt like we we had the upper hand for the whole you know the whole ninety, rather than kind of yeah, like like you say, grinding those results out at home. But anyway, we'll 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 move away from Forest Green. Um, as I'm, as I was quite keen to do on Saturday afternoon, if I'm brutally honest. I, I, just very quickly, cider was brilliant. I mean, you'd expect that being where we were, but it was being. It felt like a music festival. There was a, there was like a bloody awning that been put up outside the back of one of the stands, and it was. It felt a little bit, almost a little bit dodgy, where you had a bloke selling some, you know, some beer out of a pump that and that was underneath a football stand and then you sort of look down and you can just see pigeon crap kind of going all the way down the stand because if that's where it is it's not like it, it just felt really really non-league and I don't want to you know disparage Forest Green any more than we already have on this podcast but it, it really did feel like yeah you guys you guys need a new ground and you need one quickly and you need one that's probably not in the middle of nowhere but anyway um yeah we'll move away from forest green to yeovil so obviously yeovil as you guys are listening to this tonight um or as you guys are listening to this is tonight um we should probably apologize for that as well by the way um yeah the reason that this is out on friday and not thursday is because i was horrendously ill last night i had a problem with my ear that meant that every time i started talking or somebody started talking to me i just got a really bad headache which obviously is not ideal for a podcast but uh, which here. is what everybody else gets when uh, when you talk on the podcast band. Hey! Hey! <laughs> oh, i did wonder when that was coming anyway um <laughs> yeah we'll we'll talk about Yeovil. obviously it's not been too long since we played them away um and we came away with a fairly comfortable win there so um i shall hand over to you so you can do your uh your regular analysis if you've got all your notes prepared i've got a couple but probably not as detailed as yours because um, i've just been busy uh, <laughs> so yeah i'll uh, take it away well first of all let's face it when we went to play Yeovil, they were terrible weren't they um mm-hmm. They've got a lad called Tom James. I think he played in midfield for them when we beat him 2 0, and then he dropped into centre back. Um, he'll probably play it right back this weekend. 
his big player, Tom James, was linked with a move to West Brom and it fell through. No official reason why, but there was questions, I think, over the fitness. But he's one that's still being targeted by championship clubs. Wasted at right back. Should really be playing in the middle of the park. Um, but Darren Way is not a popular man at Yeovil. Mm. Uh, however, they've just won two on the spin, beat Cambridge, which isn't actually as as, as easy as it sounds because Cambridge have got a lot of good players now. Um, Russian Hepburn Murphy from Villa as well. So it's a big win. So they've pulled themselves away from the bottom of the table. They've not won three games on the bounce all season, although they did win three league games in a row, but there was a cup defeat mixed in with it. So um, so then they're, they're not ones for putting runs together. The last time they won two games in a row, they played us on the third game and got beat. So maybe there's an omen there. Um, expect them to be four four two, and when I say four four two, I mean two banks of four, uh, and the two will probably be more like a one one, um, possibly even a, a four five one if the if the forward drops right back. So it's going to be hard for us to try and break them down again. Let's face it, that's the problem that we've actually had at home this this year is trying to get through packed defences. We managed it at Stevenage and then shot ourselves in the foot. Um, mm. The One of their other centre-backs is uh, is Sawumni. Now, he was one that I quite fancied for Lincoln earlier in the year. Left-footed centre-back, big, tall lad. Mm. The more I've seen of him this season, the more I've got a question. He's got a ladle for a foot. Um, he's good in the air, but I can see why he, he wasn't one that we targeted because he certainly can't play out from defence, but they're not going to be trying to play out from defence. Um, they've got the boy Tristan Abrahams as well. Um, he moved to Norwich from Leighton Orient the same time that Sean Raggett moved from us to Norwich. So he, he kind of he, he trod that path and then he was loaned back out. He was at Exeter City for the first half of the season, barely got a kick. So now he's playing possibly on the right wing for Yeovil tomorrow night, but he can also play centre-forward as well. Although, as I said, Alex Fisher, who scored a few. I think Alex Fisher got a hat-trick when they beat Notts County 6-0. Um, he's one to look out for. But to be honest, and we've said every time we've said this, it hasn't been the case, this is a team we should be beating. Um, mm. Their main threat, the one lad that I really liked for them, which is um, Dalmeida, is out injured. Uh, he's a really tricky customer, but it, it doesn't matter, does it? Because he's not going to be playing. So um, just be cautious, though. They've won one away this year at Mansfield. Mm. So they're partial to spring a surprise result. But then who isn't? You know, every single team you look at springs a surprise result at some point. Didn't I think we did the double over Barnet the year they won the conference? Mm, I think so, so, yeah. You know, it just goes to show. But for me... Taking into account Berry's slip against Cheltenham, we could go into Saturday morning five points clear. You've got to win this game, pure and simple. You've got to win this game. Yeah, absolutely. I think um, it's just that that shadow again, isn't it? Of well, we've had it at this point before where we could have done this, or we could have gone X points clear, or something could have happened, and then we've ended up drawing the game that we probably should have won. Um, I, I just feel that after Saturday, I, I honestly feel that there's something, I just think there's something that's clicked, something that's sort of just moved in the right way and they've gone, ah, yeah, that's what we need to do. And I, I just think personally, I, you know, I don't like, I don't want to go out and make massive predictions, but personally, I think we could see a bit of a goal fest on, on Friday night. And I'm certainly hoping that it's, uh, it's in our favor because I just think we've got, 
the the attacking um, prowess that we've got now. You know, Danny Rowe obviously got his uh, got his brace in the the game away. Um, I think he, is he still injured or is he? We'll never find out, will we? Danny Cowley doesn't tell us who's injured and who isn't. Yeah, that's true. Um, I mean, if he's in contention, my guess is that he may well start because he, he tore them apart when we played him away. But if he's not, then we'll, you know, look at what else we've got. It's just, it is, as we've alluded to before, it's like a kid having all the best toys at the minute. It's like you kind of sit there and you go, well, I want to play with this. And it's like, okay, well, I'm going to also put this in and then this and then this. It's like having... It's just like having the best Lego set and then putting okay. all of the bits in the right place so that you just make the best model. Quick question then. So if you if he's fit and he starts, who do you drop? Oh, don't do this to me, Gary. Um, you, no, you're the, I, I, I think if he's fit, he starts on the bench because I think personally, it, Danny should perhaps stick with the successful lineup from Forest Green and it would bring different results because Forest Green tried to play out they tried to play out on a bad pitch I was chatting to one of the players this week I won't tell you who because you'll have to read about it in the program <laughs> who said that they were surprised that Forest Green kept playing the same game they kept trying to do the same things and you now everyone knows mm. that's the definition of madness nor uh, Yeovil won't so in actual fact I, I, I think in context if you take the Forest Green game there isn't actually anything we learn from Forest Green that we can take into Yeovil strictly but we did see that John Akindi runs well off Matt Green, so do uh, Matt Reed rather. So do we actually do the four four two? Go a bit more direct, you know. Forget the football purists who are going to go ooh long ball Lincoln, yeah, long ball Lincoln or five points clear. Stick that up your pipe. So <laughs> do, you, do you know what I mean? Yeah. But you're the one that said Danny Rowe probably comes in. So what 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 do you do when Danny Rowe comes in? I don't know. I honestly don't know. Like I think he plays. I think. Akindi plays well off off of uh, Danny Rowe, but at the same time, you, you've still got that almost the option, and I think it's an option that we sometimes fall back on of, of using Akindi as a target man. When if you're going to have a target man, you've we've got Matt Reed. So I think I think you're right. I think we we try and stick with the I think we stick with the, the winning formula from Saturday. And like you've said, it's not going to be the same game. It's not going to be the same um, the same opposition by any stretch of the imagination. So. Who knows? I mean, you know, at this point, Danny Cowley is a bit of an enigma. Is is borderline impossible to read when it comes to um, giving anything away in the press conferences, as we've seen before. So, um, but that is uh, that's the oval sort of preview done. Um, are we going to go with any predictions? Um, yeah, go on then. Why not? They're always exciting. Three <laughs> 0 Lincoln. Okay, I'm I'm going to say yeah. Uh, I'm going to say four. Why not? It's a Friday night. Everyone's up for getting pissed. Let's let's just have it as a 4-0 win. We'll be fine. So um, hilariously, I've actually there, you've said it's a goal fest. And I've said it'll be a completely different game. To Four banks to four, it'll be much tighter. And then I've predicted three goals, which is basically me contradicting myself, which is um, not unusual. <laughs> oh, well. I'm sure no one will care, though, all that much. It'll be fine. I, do you know, I can, I can just see... Yeovil are the sort of team that they, they, they haven't got. They've got their two wins recently, so that's pulled them a little bit further away. Other than that, they've had an absolutely shocking run of form. Um, they've mm. lost games against some of the teams that you look at and you just think, you know, even in a position that they're in, some of the games that they've lost, um, 1-0 at Cheltenham, 3-1 at home to Grimsby, 4-1 away at Oldham. I mean, they were beaten 3-0 mm. at Forest Green. Before that, they lost 4-1 at home to Cheltenham. Um, just mm. for me, 
you know, there's not even draws. I mean, you go back to the 1st of January, they've won four, uh, Cambridge, Morecambe and Notts County at home. So, what, three of the bottom six teams. Mansfield away, freak result. Then they've lost to Cheltenham, lost to Berry, lost to Lincoln, lost to Stevenage, lost to Cheltenham again, lost to Grimsby, lost to Oldham, lost to Forest Green. And before the win against Mansfield, which was the 12th of January, in the league, you had to go back to the 27th of October, which is when they mm. beat Carlisle away. And in between that, they lost to Morecambe, lost to Stockport in the FA Cup at home, who were at National League North, lost at Macclesfield, lost at home to Port Vale, lost to Forest Green. I mean, there's only three draws in that spell. Yeah, this, this is. Mm. I never buy people saying if you're going to win the league, you have to win at places like this. And I, yeah, I actually say it, and then I come away thinking, oh, contradiction. Because all you have to do to win the league is get more points than everyone else. Doesn't matter where you get, mm. and doesn't matter who you get them against. You could lose twice to Notts County; they could go down. You could still win the league. Last year, Sunderland beat Wolves three 0 on the final day of the season. But Sunderland are still going mm. to South End this year, and Wolves are going to Old Trafford. So. The point is, there isn't any blueprint, but this is our chance. Do you know what I mean? Barry had their chance. Psychologically, and I know we've not really touched on it, psychologically, Barry's game on Tuesday night against Cheltenham was massive. Mm. And that's why all eyes were on it. You know, all eyes were people who say, oh, I don't look at the other results on match day because it's only us that matters. They were looking at their phones. And if they say they weren't looking at their phones, they're talking out of their sphincter because everybody was. Because we knew if we woke up on Wednesday morning and we weren't top on goal difference, that's a pressure switch. That's yeah. Berry have then got the upper hand. They haven't because we've got a game in hand, but that's not the point. They're top of the league. Mm. And I saw one of their lads tweet, we are top of the league, we are top of the league, hilariously after like 20 minutes. Yeah, nice one, lad. <laughs> I've learned my lesson there. So that was a massive result. This now is on our... I think this is the most crucial game of the running because I think win this, go five points clear, that's a that's a big, big statement. Big, big statement. Yeah. And, then we, and then all you've got to do is match Berry's result on Saturday and I'll segue nicely into Oldham, but they're away at Stevenage. So then you match their result when we're at home to Oldham. And depending on how Mansfield do, you're five points clear with nine games to go. Do you know mm. what I mean? And when when you start talking about being more than a win or two clear or winning a draw clear of your nearest rivals and the games you can count on your both hands if you've lost a thumb in an industrial accident, that's when you <laughs> suddenly know that you're in a good position. Yeah, absolutely. Um and yeah, let, let's let's move into uh, the visit on Tuesday night. Of uh, now, let's get the team's name correct for this one. Paul Scholes is Oldham. Um, how how do we see this one playing out? Obviously, the last time Oldham came to the bank was uh, was quite a memorable evening, but then uh, things have changed somewhat uh, somewhat dramatically since then. So, um, how are they doing at the minute? Because I know it's been not well. It, it's just. No, um, the drew drew with Stevenage yeah. drew with Stevenage on Saturday. Um, they were winning one 0 and mm-hmm. conceded a last minute goal <laughs> against Stevenage. Who would have thunk it? Um, <laughs> and apparently, then Stevenage also hit the bar or had a last minute effort cleared as well. So um, they were beaten three one at Oldham before that. They lost two one at home to Morecambe before that. They drew at home with Crew before that. Thumped Yeovil four one. Thumped Crawley three 0 Lost to MK Dons, lost to Doncaster in the FA Cup, lost to Macclesfield away and drew with Forest Green. That takes you back to the 12th of uh, January. 
there. There we go. So. Not going to qualify for um, the playoffs. Pure and simple. Sounds harsh, mm-hmm. but they are currently in 13th position with 47 points. So there's seven points off Forest Green in seventh place. Not going to happen. They're mm-hmm. away record. They've won five, drawn six, lost six. It's pretty nondescript. But let's face it, Oldham, before Christmas, um, had a decent-ish side. Sam Sorridge was a massive player that that you know they would love to have kept and didn't. Ishmael Miller uh, has got Premier League experience. They would perhaps like to have kept him. Didn't. I think he went to Tranmere. Uh, on a free transfer. And at the moment, Paul Scholes, I think, is making a very common error in that he's trying to overcomplicate things. And this might change. Um, but ahead of the Cambridge game, um, or they, sorry, they play, they play Cambridge this weekend, actually, I think. Um, but the suspected lineup is 4 2 3 1. Sounds a little bit ambitious for a bunch of lower league footballers to me. 4-4-2, 4-3-3. I mean, what we play is a 4-4-2, whatever you want to call it, 4-4-1-1. Um, but when you start kind of two holding midfielders, when you've got those three players, a bank of three behind the, the main front man, you're asking them to do a lot. Sunderland have seen a lot of success with it. Mm-hmm. But they've got Aidan McGeady, they've got Lewis Morgan, they've got George Honeyman, they've got Lyndon Gooch. You know, At this level, I think you need to keep it a bit more simple. Um Jose Baxter's their main man, man, isn't he? Served a drugs ban while at Everton. Played for Everton against us in the Checker Trade Trophy last year um, after being given a lifeline. Sorted his life out three and three. I think for Oldham. Mm. Neutralise Baxter, neutralise Oldham at the minute. Yeah. Um, and I think that's what that's what people have said about um, our squad at the minute is that we don't have that one person that's... Um, that we're reliant on for goals. They're kind of coming from all over the pitch. And I think if we can, if we can continue to get it right, which, you know, I, I personally, I think it's easy to say it's a must win game, but I think really all of the games that are coming up at the moment, I mean, it's what nine cup finals is it we've got now? Is it nine or 11, mm-hmm. uh, 11 games at the moment. So, you know, we've, we've got close to, yeah, close to 10 games left in the season. Like you say, when you start getting to that point where you can count the games left on your hands, it's just getting it's getting down to squeaky bum time. And it's, it's the, well, put simply, we are easily in the best position because we're top of the league. So we've got, you know, we've got what at the minute, uh, seven points on fourth. Um, I personally think we can, we can see Oldham off um, on Tuesday night. I think, I, I don't want to. I don't want to be dismissive, but I. It seems a little bit like it's one of those where the story is more about the manager than the club at the moment. And like you say, if you've got one person where all your goals are coming from, you can sort of keep them quiet, and we'll be fine. But <sighs> yeah, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying all their goals are coming purely from um, Jose Baxter. I'm saying he's he, he's been in good form. Recently, um, I mean, it was him mm. who scored against Stevenage, uh, against Oldham, it was Callum Lang, against Morecambe, it was Baxter, against Crew, it was Callum Lang. So Callum Lang's certainly been involved in in there as well. I mean, they scored four against Yeovil, four different goal scorers. Um, I think Lang's got eight in 27. He's on loan from Wigan at the moment. Um, I, th- I think with Oldham, 
that's more, I mean, I know we've predicted a Yeovil win, fair enough, but of the two, Oldham's the one that we're perhaps more likely to win because I would think Paul Scholes is probably less likely to come and shut up shop at Sinsel Bank because they've got nothing to play for. Realistically, they're not mm. going to make the playoffs. They might think that they are. Well, if they think they're going to make the playoffs, they're not going to do it by drawing games because they're seven or eight points adrift or whatever. So they're going to do it by winning games. Paul Scholes is a winner, so he's going to come and try and win the game. Teams come and try and win the game against us, then we don't need to do the Reedy and Akindi thing. We go back to the original plan, get Danny Rowe behind John Akindi, get down the wings, boom, we win the game. Um, and I, you know, I make it sound really, really simple, but it is. If somebody mm. comes to us and plays like a home team, we're going to beat them. If somebody comes yeah. to us and plays like an away team, that's what poses the the problems. And we think that Yeovil, it's about quality and it's about potentially changing the way that we play so that we, we go a little bit longer or whatever. Whereas when we play in Oldham, for me, I think the Paul Scholes factor, and which incidentally, I'm delighted that he's got mm. the job. I think it's phenomenal that he's an Oldham boy, don't want to manage anyone else, gone into Oldham. Fantastic, great story. Um, don't want him to do well until... After this weekend, after that, I hope he's a success because there's not enough gingers in football management. Um, <laughs> but it's just, it's, it's just this, this is that's the sort of game we win. And you said, um, you know, it's a must-win game. Yeah, they are all must-win games. Every game's a must-win. But in, in in the grand scheme of things, a lot depends on how we do on Friday, doesn't it? Because if we draw against Yeovil, then Oldham is absolutely a must-win. If we beat yeah. Yeovil and Stevenage beat Berry and Mansfield slip up against Crawley, people are still going to say it's a must win because we could go eight points clear or whatever. But in actual fact, it's not, is it? Because we're five points clear. Must win games are the ones where you either want to open up an unassailable gap or you're playing against Oldershot on the last day of 2011 and everybody in the stadium cares about it except the 11 pricks in red and white. They're must <laughs> Sorry, actually, that's unfair because Paul Green was playing and I liked him. Um so, do you know what I mean? It's Every game is in context. It's hard to talk about how important the Oldham game is without mm. using the generic, you know, we've got to win every game, they're all cup finals. Yeah, I buy that and entirely. Of course, we have given the choice, we win them all. But in terms of the level of importance, you know, there's, there's, more, there's our game to be played, there's Berry's game and there's Mansfield's game to be played, and that defines how important Tuesday night is. Which, incidentally, yeah. by the way, Mansfield go to Port Vale, I think, on that night as well. So Mansfield have got two away games that are both winnable. Realistically, yeah. you know, this time next week, we could be sat here talking about Mansfield as our nearest contenders, not Berry. That's, that's what I just find amazing about this league at the minute, is that every football league podcast every football league writer that i'm i'm sort of looking at at the moment or listening to earlier on in the season it was our oh, lincoln are going to run away with the league they're going to run away with it it's, it'll be fine it'll be fine you know you'll be you'll be promoted by january or whatever and now it's a bit like well mansfield and berry are possibly creeping up and yeah we'll see what happens i mean it's it's just going to be a really exciting end to the season mm-hmm. uh for the neutral, and obviously for us, if we can keep where we are, but I imagine there's going to be a few moments where uh, we shall be somewhat clenched. Let's just say. Well, there'll, there'll be. Um, I can tell you how many there'll be. There'll be eleven of them, and they'll last for ninety minutes, um, <laughs> genuinely. Or it might be ten or nine if we can wrap it up earlier. And the the stupid thing is, right? The ultimate goal is automatic promotion. The minute we wrap automatic promotion, I'll be clenching in case we don't win the league. But right now, mm. you offer me one of the two. I'll just I'll take automatic promotion. I take third, no second, because I don't want the three-sided bloody Mansfield. I don't want them above us. But you'd take it. You'd take <laughs> that promotion. 
and it's you know it's it, it, yeah. it it's exciting and it's like I was chatting to my dad earlier um and he said he thinks about when he when he goes to bed if we've lost it keeps him awake at night and this is my dad and I you know I think the only things that really and truly bother my dad are is you know if he hasn't got beer in the fridge or if Mo's working nights kind of thing that my my stepmom hmm. they're the only you know he, he's not somebody that lets things bother him and so for him to tell me that you know that we get into the position that we're not ever usually in and you know the national league win and the german Vauxhall conference win in context they were fantastic but to actually win a football league title you know, one of the titles within the football league. I'm not talking about winning the first division or whatever. You know that happens once in to some clubs once or twice a generation, and you go to '76, mm. and then you go back to was it '50s, '51, '52, maybe, and before that '48. Do you know what I mean? So, so all of a sudden you've gone back 70 years, and we've won three. I mean that's. Yeah. You know, it, it kind of it makes my spine tingle a little bit, and you can talk about Wembley, you talk about getting your football league status back, but to actually win a trophy in the football league, not the Checker Trade Trophy, which I'm not devaluing, but to actually win a title, my God, do you know what? For me, that it would be the achievement because you talk about the the, the class of '76. And I've been to dinners with them and I've grown up hearing about Dave Smith and John Ward and Percy Freeman and Terry Cooper and Dick Criswicki and Peter Grotier and all these kind of players that are no longer footballers, they're legends. You mention their name and it's like, wow, you know, they won a lead, they won the fourth division, you know, the basement division, the bottom division or whatever. If we were to do that, and that's why it's bomb clenching, because actually this group of players, this manager, these 9,000 fans are actually on the cusp of achieving something that will be remembered. And I know we can talk about the National League, the FA Cup and all that sort of stuff, but to lift the fourth division title, fantastic. And that's what that I'm getting goosebumps now. I'm whipping myself up into a frenzy for a minute there. I actually forgot <laughs> we were on the podcast. I thought I was just talking to a mate on the phone. <laughs> um, no, I'm, I'm very much the same at the minute. It's just, it is that sort of little air of undefinable magic, isn't it? And mm. it's, Oh, it's what we live for. Yeah, it's why, I, we're, why we're football fans. And the, the stupid thing is, you mentioned earlier about the last time Oldham came to Central Bank, right? And that was magic. And at the time, mm. you'd say that was the best thing you'd ever felt. And when we won the National League, that's the best thing you ever felt. That's that, this is why we're football fans. It's just for twenty years of utter dross, bar the Keith years, we didn't actually know. Mm. We didn't know what it was like to get to the seventh of March and still have something to play for. And all, yeah. we didn't, did we? You know, no. apart from safety, <laughs> that was that was the only thing we ever used to play for in March. Yeah. So I just, oh man, in, it's it is such an exciting time at the moment, and I just can't. It, it's hard to quantify it. It really is. But interestingly, you're talking about Oldham coming to Sinsel Bank, and obviously we mentioned the FA Cup. Do you know the two times that they've been to Sinsel Bank since then? Or before then, rather, not since then. The two times before I say, that. Since then. Yeah. Only once in either of our lifetimes have they played a competitive league fixture at Sinsor Bank. And it was September 1998. I was there. I don't know whether you would have been there. You might have been. 1998. I would have been there, yeah. Um, yeah, I would have been there. And in the Lincoln City team that day were players such as Jason Perry, not the one out of Beverly Hills 90210. Um hmm. And Leo Fort- or the band A. I don't know what that is. 
the band. There's a band called A. Is there? The, the reason they called themselves A is because they wanted to be uh, first in the list at HMV. So when people were looking through records or CDs, um, there you go. Fun, fun little fact for you. Um, the only problem mm, is, let's just let, should we just call it a little fact? Hey, the thing is, it makes it a real bastard to Google. That's the problem. <laughs> now that I find amusing, Google Jason Perry. Um, <laughs> We also had Leo Fortune West up front as well. Bloody hell, that's a name I've not heard in a while. No, we lost 3-1 and Adrian Littlejohn scored for them, who I think also went on to play for us. Did he not? Did Adrian Littlejohn play for us? Name rings a bell. I'm pretty sure he did. He was ex-Chelsea, wasn't he? Played for Plymouth as well. I think so, yeah. Yeah, he did. He came he came in the Keith era. I don't think he, he won a game. Mm. Uh, before that, it was March the 13th. Ooh, that's interesting. What date do we actually play them on? Because it was uh, March the 13th, so we're 7th, 8th, 9th, 10th, 12th, it'll be March 12th, so yeah. it will actually be, yeah, nearly 47 years. We beat them 2-1 on that day, Odd Fletcher scored one of our goals. Hmm. Who Malcolm Johnson will know, but I'm afraid I don't. But it just shows how football twists and turns, doesn't it? You've yeah. got a team here who have played once at Sinsel Bank in the league in 48 years or something like that. Um and here we are now in the ascendancy. And I find it, something kind of twinged in me the other day and I looked at the FA Cup run and football's all about coincidences and, and things like that. And I looked at that and I think, so we played Altrincham, who we'd played the previous year. Uh, and we played Geisley, who we played in non-league. Played Oldham, who we're now playing in this division. And we, we could, if we go up, meet Ipswich or come down. It just makes you wonder, are we actually destined for the championship to meet Brighton when they're relegated? Hmm. Never know. That's football for you. Or even Burnley. How long before we're how long before we're on level pegging with some of these teams? <laughs> yeah, no, that's a scary thought. So. Too, yeah. Anyway, sorry, we seem to be rambling, don't we? Or I seem to be rambling. Sorry, Ben. <laughs> well, I was going to say, what we'll do is we can have some more of these discussions in the closed season because I think we've we've spoken briefly about what we're going to do for the pod over the uh, over the closed season. But I think we've got a few bits lined up. Um, yeah, we might cut down to once every fortnight. We said, didn't we? Yeah, maybe it depends on on how many ideas we get. We've also potentially got some guests lined up as well. Um, I need to speak to a certain PA announcer and SLO at the football club to try and get that arranged. Um, I need to speak to a certain manager. You do indeed. <laughs> um, but we've had midweek games. No, we can. I mean, we you know we can say it, don't we? We've we've been told that we we might be able to get Danny Cowley on the pod. Yeah. Um, if we do it when there's not a midweek game, and since then there's been midweek games, yeah, and there's another midweek game next week, yeah. So the players are a little bit more difficult because that tends to go through um, the media team, and the media team are quite rightly protective of some of the players. I think absolutely, yeah. So I've, uh, we've we've had we've had a couple of conversations. So um, yeah, we know that from from the from the, the person side of it it seems people seem to be up for it and people seem to be up for coming on so we just need the official side of it to to sort of go in uh, go online as well so well, bubs has got to come on as well but I keep promising bubs yes bubs is uh bubs is coming on and uh, no. I, I should probably say hello to bubs actually because um we had a good chat on saturday it was uh, an enlightening conversation shall we say and he was very yes. keen for us to get this one recorded so <laughs> cool yeah. Um, but yes, anything you want to get plugged this week? Or 
Uh, well, yes, actually. Um, tonight against Yeovil, I will have a stack of Stacey West issue threes with me. A lot of people saying that they hadn't been able to buy one because of the fact it was a Christmas issue when we released it after New Year. Cheers, print 24. Um, so I'll have those with me. Uh, I won't have a never-ending supply. It won't be a box full. If you have missed out, please come and get one. Uh, if you live away and aren't coming to the games, you can now find them on eBay. Um, and I know the greedy bastards take a cut of everything that I sell, but that's not really the point. Um, I want to get these out to you. Uh, so they are available on eBay. Stacey West issue four, which is the final issue of this year, bar a potential uh, special, which we might do. Um, but I'm now taking submissions for that as well. Uh, hopefully going to get that ready for print at the end of this month. So if you are thinking of writing anything, um, please do. Please get it over to me, but do be aware that, that it's time sensitive. Um, thank you very much to Lewis Kelly, who submitted me a, a great piece on the run-in, but obviously it covered games that would have been played by the time it was printed. So um, mm. that's gone out on the site today. So yeah, just those things oh and um i know you'll love to hear this ben um, a massive thanks to dean wagstaff who very very uh kindly has agreed uh or has said that he would like to um donate to me the pro evolution playstation controller so <laughs> <laughs> dean's got some um dean does an awful lot for charity mm-hmm. uh in all seriousness he does an awful lot of uh, running events etc so um please one must keep an eye out for that and, and we'll actively support everything that dean does Absolutely. So there we go. We knew it would all work out in the end for you. (laughs) I did enough moaning. (laughs) (laughs) All right, then, guys. Well, that's going to do us. Thank you ever so much for listening. And we will see you next Thursday. We won't be late next week unless I get really ill again. All right. See you later. See you later, chaps. Bye. the 90th minute and all your mates around watching the imps on iFollow. You've got your McNugget share boxes on the go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping, but then you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.